pockets of a beer or a cold libation. I can tell you how I wrote this little theme. I went and took a call from brother Jason, and he tells me that he has a little dream. He says he needs a backwards intro to begin his podcast, and I ask him what you got. He said I'll start off with some talking and some moody clips and popcorn fighting, fantasy explorations and some groundless exploitation, kickstarts that I'm watching and some blind unboxings, full month or movie marathon. Sometimes I let the box come on, contest and of course you know it's all about games. That's a slowdown, let's just start with the name. It's the Nerds RPG Variety. Welcome back to Nerds RPG Variety Cast. I'm your host, Jason. This is being released on 10 November 2022. And 10 November, of course, is the United States Marine Corps' birthday. So, all you devil dogs out there... Uh, actually, I think we're not supposed to say devil dog anymore. I think that's now a bad term. But anyway, to all you Marines out there, happy birthday. You know, I was not in the Marines myself. I've worked alongside Marines for a long time, known a lot of people that are Marines, and have a lot of respect for them. So I will raise my glass to you here, and we'll get on with the show. Folks, today is just a short one. I'm going to answer a couple phone calls, and then I'm going to talk about another noir movie that you could easily turn into a plot for your game, whether it's D&D or whether you're playing a Western role-playing game or you're playing a sci-fi role-playing game. This basic plot, plot structure, can't talk, the basic plot structure of the big clock can be used for any genre game, just about any genre. Maybe you're not going to use it. I guess you could do it like a Stone Age game, but you probably wouldn't do that. Um, but just about any genre game, you can take this plot, and it's a great way to make the PCs think out of the box in a great way, because your players can't fight their way out of this problem. The players have to use their brains. They might get to fight along the way, but they're going to have to think their way out of the problem. So it could make a really interesting story. But before we talk about that, and I'm not going to give spoilers for the movies I'm going to talk about, so you don't have to worry about that today. I, I am going to hit some movies that have this plot structure in it, so you have some movies you can watch to see as you set this up to loose it onto your players. But before we do that, I'm going to open up the mailbag, and then we'll talk about the movies. Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Well, maybe it's your auntie or a joke by your spouse, but the operator screaming is coming from inside the house. Yo, dude, just diving into this show. And I don't know, man. I feel like Harvey Wallbangers were still pretty damn popular in the 80s. I first learned about him from one of the greatest movies of all time, Hear No Evil, See No Evil. Uh, Harvey Wallbanger is the pseudonym of shit. I can't remember which one. I think it's Richard Pryor. Um, that movie is awesome. But Harvey Wallbangers, the last time I actually had one was probably 15 years ago or so i just i don't think it was harvey wallbanger day because 15 years ago there wasn't a day for every day of the week <laughs> um but i i just got i think i just watched here no evil see no evil again and i was like i can go drink some goddamn harvey wallbangers went to a bar had a few harvey wallbangers they're not great <laughs> 
<laughs> they're okay. They're all right. Uh, not my favorite, though, but awesome for bringing that up. If I was going out to a bar tonight, I would definitely order myself a Harvey Wallbanger, man. Anyway, back to the show. Peace out. Hey, Joe. Thank you for that call. Of course, folks, Joe's show is hindsightless. I highly recommend you go check that out. The Harvey Wallbanger is an interesting drink. I mean, it's just uh, a dialed up screwdriver, right? To some degree. Um, I don't know. I, I see some of these drinks fading into obscurity, others getting revived. I don't know if the Harvey Wallbanger will get revived or not. I, I guess we'll find out. But as far as See No Evil, Hear No Evil, 1989 movie with Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. And also, of course, Joan Severance is in there is kind of the the hit woman um interesting movie i i've always enjoyed that movie i understand it has some elements it would be looked at as a little bit problematic today but it's it's still a, a sentimental favorite i guess in my book let's go to one other call that'll lead us kind of into the main discussion today and that is from anthony or runeslinger from the casting shadows media empire hey jason in the car, as you can tell, using SpeedPipe for your request. And I just wanted to thank you for your Noir November episodes. I'm a huge fan of Noir. I'm a huge fan of this idea. Uh, I heartily second, third, or fourth, or fifth, or however many in line I am, any recommendation to anybody to watch The Big Sleep, particularly the Bogart version. Uh, the first film that my dad introduced me to, noir-wise, was, you know, a Bogart film, was, of course, you know, Balthus Falcon. But he started me out earlier. We watched Casablanca, and then we watched, you know, To Have and Have Not, which is another version of Casablanca, really. And then he had me read Chandler and Dashiell Hammett before we got to watch The Big Sleep. And... Watching the big sleep in that kind of opening sequence at the house where they talk about height, if you know what I mean, no spoilers. Um, it creates, if you've read it, it creates an interesting situation. You can appreciate what's being said, but you can also appreciate the variation between the printed word and what's on screen for that, for that particular version of the character in the film. And, uh, in later life, I've come to think that, you know, a friendship can begin in the space between the recognition of what he said and what was written and why that was so. <laughs> but anyway, noir and noir gaming, it's interesting. I'm very curious if you're going to talk about the game noir, which I think is as ambiguously reviewed as any noir character. There are some who praise it and some who deride it. And it has a, a bad and dangerous reputation, but it maybe has a heart of gold. I'm curious if we're going to hear about it from you. But anyway, solid, solid programming. I'm going to go listen to your Miller's Crossing episode now because I didn't know you had one. Anyway, take care. And remember, folks, if you sent a call in to Jason and you haven't heard it on this episode... Have no fear. It will appear. Anthony, thank you so much for that call. I really appreciate it. I'll address the question about noir first, The as far as the RPG goes. That's the 1996 game, Noir, the 
film noir role-playing game. I do not own a copy of it. As far as I can tell, there's not a legal PDF of it. And the printed copies on the used market go for hundreds of dollars. So it's not really in the budget at the moment, sadly. So I will not be reviewing that this month. If somebody has a copy of Noir, the film Noir role-playing game, and would like to submit a review of that game, a written review or a semi-recorded review, recording of a review, please do so. I'll be happy to play it on the air and give you full credit. Or if somebody wants to put up a review on their own blog or their own podcast or YouTube channel, let me know that you've done that and I will point people towards that review. But sadly, I, I just don't have access to the game to make a review of it. It was one of the things on my list, but it I, I, I can't justify $200 on a game <laughs> right now just to to do a it's not even a review because it would be a first impressions so it's just not in the price range at the moment you mentioned the big sleep so i i know the maltese falcon gets all the credit and all the press but i really think the big sleep's a better picture i enjoy the big sleep more than i enjoy the maltese falcon we're talking movies here um bogey is great is Marlowe. there's no question about it and then you know, the team-ups with him and Bacall are really good. They try to do... we In the noir films I've talked about, you know, I've been talking about the team-ups of Alan Ladd and Veronica Lake. And they were trying to do that as kind of like the same thing with Bogey and Bacall and Ladd and Lake. But it, as much as I I like Veronica Lake, and the more Alan Ladd stuff I see, and, you know, especially as, as I get older, the more I can appreciate Ladd as an actor. But... I I don't think is a pair. They they're they're comparable to, um, you know Bogart and McCall. Now I but like I say the the big sleep's interesting. So it's a forty six film, and you know I had to decide what films I was going to talk about this month, and pretty much everybody that's kind of interested in the genre has seen the Maltese Falcon and the Big Sleep, and um. You know, some of these other Farewell, My Lovely. Um, so, you know, do I cover the movies that everybody's seen or do I cover some that are a little bit more obscure? And I'm trying to do that. But The Big Sleep, of course, Chandler wrote it. It was an adaptation. Well, I shouldn't say that. Chandler wrote the novel. But the movie was adapted by William Faulkner, Lee Brackett, and Jules Firthman. And I'm not as familiar with Firthman um, he was a magazine and newspaper writer before becoming a, a screenwriter. And I, I'm like, say, I'm, I'm just not as familiar, but I mean, Faulkner and Brackett are, they're giants in the American publishing industry, right? I mean, Faulkner, obviously the, you know, of Southern literature, you talk like the sound and the fury and, amazing author and then lee brackett's the queen of science opera right um so and she also did a lot of screenwriting i've actually talked about um lee brackett before i, I might have said lynn earlier but it's lee lee brackett i may have talked I, I know i've talked about her before when i talked about rio bravo um so but she she did a whole lot of of writing for a whole lot of things and Highly recommended. Um, if you can find her sci-fi sh- works, check those out. 
But Chandler really only got to do one movie as far as write the movie himself, where he didn't have co-writers or people meddling with it and all that. And we'll talk about that movie when I review the next noir game. And because I, I think there's some parallels, potential parallels. So, so, I'm, so I'll tie those together. But today I want to talk about a movie that's not a Chandler movie. And this is The Big Clock. And you're saying that doesn't sound like a, a, a very scary or, or very, you know, but, but The Big Clock from 1948 is a noir thriller. Some people will argue whether it's really a noir or not, but I think it is. It's got an amazing cast. Um, Charles Lawton is amazing in this. Ray Milan's actually your leading man. There, there are a number of other great actors in here. We have a very young um, Harry Morgan in here. Remember Colonel Potter from MASH? Very young Harry Morgan is a heavy. He is effectively in the ob job role. And they don't do anything to make him seem taller. And he doesn't speak during this movie, but just the glare he gives people and his presence is very menacing. And of course, the the other person we have to mention. Now, Marino Sullivan's built higher, but Elsa Lancaster, who was Lawton's wife, and we all know as the bride in The Bride of Frankenstein, Elsa Lancaster has a great... Um, part in the big clock where she is playing an eccentric. Now, I don't want to ruin this movie, so I'm not going to talk very much about it. Um, but this was an adaptation of a novel by Kenneth Fearing. And the novel is not as... This is a case of the movie being better than the novel. The big clock... Like I said, I'm not going to give you spoilers for any of these movies today, but the big clock, the basic setup is... You have a guy who's in the publishing business, and, and he runs, and, and he works for the big man, and the big man is the character Charles Lawton plays. Um, and he gets caught up in the situation where he's got to lead the an investigation to find this wanted person, and he, and he figures out that wanted person's really me, really him, and so he's got to obviously... He's got to cause problems and keep derailing the event, derailing the search that he's leading for this unknown person until he can kind of sort things out. And, and I think that's much I want to say about the plot. But I highly, highly recommend it. It's a really enjoyable movie. It's really well done. the The book kind of falls apart at places. It's not nearly as cohesive. Now, the one thing the book does the book is the same year nineteen forty or the book's nineteen forty six, I think. But anyway. The the one thing the book does that's a yeah the book's forty six movies forty eight the one thing the book does a little bit more obviously are some of the relationships so there are you, you know there are same sex affairs going on in the book there are people's characters sleeping with each other during the book things like that and the movie because of the codes at the time couldn't show some of these things or mention some of these things so they just allude to them. And you can pick up some of the illusions pretty easily. Um, other ones, not so much. But it still works really well. And, and it, it, it's a pretty pretty tight thriller. The The big clock works. It, it's well shot. Um, a lot of interesting shots. Like, say, the, the fact you may carry Morgan into this scary, you, you know, thug is interesting. Um, 
it, it's just very well done. So I, so I do highly recommend it. The other movies... Now, so The Big Clock, I think, might have been... It probably isn't the first time in the first story where somebody's had to... You know, they're, they're trying to hinder the investigation themselves by leading it until they can turn things around. But it's the first big movie I can think of that does this. If you know of an earlier movie that kind of follows this formula, let me know. But it's been remade a number of times. And so, and, and there's any one of these remakes I'm really going to recommend. But the f- first remake I know of was in 76, a French film, Police Python 357. And in that movie, they took it from, instead of being a, a big magazine publisher, they moved it to a police station. But it's the same kind of idea. The movie most of you have probably seen is 1987's No Way Out with Kevin Costner, where Costner is, the whole thing takes place in the Pentagon, and Costner's there. I I, I don't want to ruin the movie for you. They've changed things up, obviously, to fit that scenario. It has some other great actors in there. Gene Hackman's in there. Will Patton's in there. Um, Fred Thompson's there. Sean Young's in there. I don't know. Um, I I don't know where I stand on Sean Young. I don't know that she's a a great, great actor. But Kevin Costner, I've never really been impressed with, and I'm definitely not impressed with him in this movie. I think the plot of this movie is too convoluted. I I don't really recommend No Way Out, but it's definitely based on this, and they acknowledge it. The other movie that they don't... I don't think they openly acknowledge... The big clock, but is if you look at it and look at the plot structure and the things, it definitely fits it. Is a movie called Out of Time from 2003. And Out of Time is a movie with Denzel Washington, and it's it's directed by Carl Franklin, and, and they had worked together before in Devil in the Blue Dress. And you might have seen Out of Time. If you haven't seen Out of Time, 95 is Out of Time, Denzel Washington, go check it out. It's very, very good. Uh, Eva Mendez is in there as well. Dean Cain is in there. And this is one of Dean Cain's much better roles. Dean Cain is actually good in this movie and what he's doing. And then, you know, there's some other character actors, some other people you, you enjoy seeing in here. But Out of Time kind of twists it where Denzel Washington's a... a a police chief and he's trying to he's a police chief or a sheriff i think it's police chief but um in, in like the florida keys smart small town of the florida keys and and he gets caught up in this thing and he's doing the same thing and and it's really good i really enjoy out of time um, but it's a really interesting thing it's definitely something you could try to do in a role-playing game where you could it doesn't have to be a noir game per se i mean some of these movies obviously are fall in the neo-noir category the later movies, but in a game, you could even do it with a and d game or whatever, where, you you know, the party goes out and does something, and this, this fits better with the city adventure, but the party goes out and does something, whatever it is, you, you know, and then the next day, they're hired, and maybe they're a little worried about what they did, maybe they ambush, they get attacked, and they kill a bunch of ambushers on the road or something, and then the, the next day, you know, the the local magistrate or whoever, you know, the mayor of the town or the, um, the, the burgomeister, depending on your, your setting comes down and, you know, comes at him maybe at breakfast in the inn or whatever, you know, and, and says he needs them to hire some dangerous, 
they, they need to hire the party to go track down dangerous bandits in the woods that killed his son and killed these prominent members of town. And, and, and you know, they might not realize immediately, but they'll pretty quickly put together that they're actually chasing themselves and see how the party handles that. Of course, the other way to do this is have them hired to do a job, steal something, do whatever. You know, there are tons of different jobs they could do, but the key is that they get hired to investigate whatever this so-called crime is, and they quickly figure out that they are really the suspects, but nobody has a good description of them. And then, you know, they've got to find a way to clear their name before that the investigation they're leading finds them, right? And obviously, there's going to be different forces involved. They're going to force them to at least make it look like they're doing a good faith effort to to look for themselves, look for the culprits, right? So there are tons of different ways to twist this, but but it's a really interesting little plot hook you can use. And then just it, you, you don't have to plot this out. When I'm saying plot, I just mean the way to start the adventure, and, and then you can just react to what the party does. Um, and especially if you put it in a situation, if you do it in the town, you can do it in a situation where they can't really, the key is they can't fess up. So you can't put it in a situation where the party's so powerful that they could, they could admit to the crime and the locals can't do anything to them, right? So you have to put them in a situation where they really need to look like they're, they're hunting this, this party and, you know, hunting themselves until they can clear their names. And I think you can make a pretty fun D and D adventure out of this, or you can do it with any setting, really. Um, so, yeah. So that's the big clock. Highly recommended. Go check it out. Nineteen forty eight movie. Uh, well worth your time to track down. Uh, it's not one of the easier ones to find. It's on a couple streaming channels, but it, it is highly recommended. So that's all I have for you today. Just short show today. I thank you for tuning in. I want to thank my callers. I want to thank the. Like I say, the listeners for tuning in. I want to thank Rayotis for the Coffee Cup Clip Art, TJ Drennan for the wonderful music, and I'll be back on Sunday with a System Sunday, and I, I will talk about that movie that Raymond Chandler had a bigger hand in the plot in the script, and I think that's important. So the System Sunday will be a little bit bigger because I'll be talking about that as well on Sunday. So until then, be excellent to each other. Joked about your spouse, but the operator's screaming it's coming from inside the house. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Well, the audience is pretty sure he took a pretty head, and the only question left is if I could shoot him dead. Bring on the gold, bring on the gold. I want some Sure is a dustman and your oil is by a zipper And I'm assuming that's your partner back there in the wood chipper Don't look away Don't look away Don't look away Don't look away Well the zombies are rising and the world's gone to hell We're living for the dying and we're dying for the train wreck